the Author to Author podcast series with award-winning author Pamela R. Haight. Welcome to the podcast. Dalgetty Herbal Teas produce 100% natural high-quality organic teas using only the best ingredients. Available now from all major supermarkets or please visit our website at dalgetty.co. Dalgetty Herbal Teas. Good day, lovely listeners. Can you believe that we're on episode eight already? Time is certainly flying by. I had a meeting with the lovely people from Dolgetty Teas this week, just a review of how things are going, and they have agreed to sponsor my podcast for another series. It has been an amazing experience working with the team over the last 10 episodes. So the podcast has had new listeners from Andorra, a province in France, and from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. A warm welcome to you. We've also had a lucky listener to our competition question. Last time we asked you, what was the original name of Guadeloupe? And the answer was Karakira, which means the island of beautiful waters. A copy of Never Saw You Come by KLS Forte is on its way to our winner. It is very easy to take part in our competitions. All you have to do is to listen carefully to the podcast episode, listen to our competition question, then direct message me on Instagram with the correct answer. My Instagram page is named after my book at Loving the Brothers Author. While you're there, why not follow me to be the first in the know about the books I am currently reading and my book journey. I am currently reading three books as part of Angie's Book Club. The books are called Assembly by Natasha Brown, The Classic, The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway, and Marion Key's latest title, Grown Ups. As part of Angie's Book Club, I will be attending the Sky Art Studios to record the show. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to meet Natasha and Marianne in person. I'm looking forward to interacting with the presenters, Chef Andy Oliver, Love Her, Love Her, Love Her, and novelist Elizabeth Dane. We also have Simon Savage, booktuber, interviewing us for his blog. Why not join Angie's Book Club on Facebook and join in the fun? I have booked my hair and nail appointments for the day before filming and I will fill you in next time. Right now, let's meet my beautiful guest, Tonya Daly-Campbell, author of 39 Steps to 40. Hi, Tonya. How are you doing? Hi, Pamela. I'm very well, very tired, but very well. (laughs) Good, good. So nice to have you on the Author to Author podcast. Thank you. Tell us, Tonya, where are your family from? Oh, good question. So um, are you talking about my family heritage uh, background? Yeah. So my family heritage, from what I know, we are Jamaican. Um, So we are from a place in Jamaica called Hanover. A lot of people who come from the West Midlands or maybe Wolverhampton in particular are um, a lot of the Caribbean or Jamaican descendants. They're actually from Hanover. Have you had the opportunity to go to Jamaica or take the family there? I have, Pamela. And when I first went, my mom, who was a single parent at the time, she saved it for about two years to take all of us six kids to Jamaica. The first time I went, I was 13. 
and it was the holiday of a lifetime. That holiday winted in my body, my soul forevermore. It was the best holiday ever and I'll never, ever forget it. And then I went again. My aunt was getting married there, so I went again as an adult. And then I did the brave thing of saving up like my mom. And me and my husband took our children to Jamaica. And then once again, they had the same experience. They absolutely loved it. So were you based in one place or did you travel? So when when I first went as a, as a teenager, as a 13-year-old, we stayed with a family member, Aunt Daff. They called her Aunt Daff. So we stayed with Aunt Daff. And what that meant is that we, we were there for the whole six weeks holidays. So it was almost like we were children, like we were Jamaican. It was like we just felt like we were living there because it was the whole six weeks holidays. And we got to visit school, a school and everything. And we went all over to different family houses and visited lots of different members of the family. And it was just an eye opener. And one thing that stuck with me was that the children that were our age were highly intelligent. They knew so much about England and about our history that I never knew. And I felt, I was like, in Jamaica, the children are so intelligent. And some of them didn't even have the the level of schooling we had, but they were intelligent. I never forget that. And even the young ones, when they speak their patois, they speak like to them big and grown, you know? I was just like mesmerized by them. I was like, whoa, and us, we don't even know how to do some basic stuff. So that really stuck with me. But when I went with my children, um, we stayed in a very, in a, in a luxury hotel because me bouge, you know, you get me? <laughs> so I, I knew that, my, I knew my limits in holidaying and I wanted my children to experience all the different lovely things about Jamaica, but also have the comfort of a hotel where they, I know that they can just relax, chill out. So I just, yeah, you know, I am very much like, I do like holidaying and, and you know, I, I like very, I like luxury. I try to work hard so I can enjoy the finer thing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, thanks for that answer. You I mean, you've taken me on a trip going back to Barbados for the first time in 1980, you know, and part of our family live really well some are struggling but my best days were staying with the family that were struggling that yeah. um, had an outdoor outdoor toilet that you know, had chickens in the yard that they woke us up early one Sunday to watch us kill the chicken and then wondered why we wouldn't eat it later on you know because it's running around <laughs> headless and all those stuff but there are experiences that shape you and I think the earlier you can get your children to the Caribbean the better you know it looks in terms of being able to shape their understanding about our culture and so on. Would Definitely. You agree? I 100% agree on that. Just even the food, everything that I remember, I remember the adverts on the TV. We as little kids, we were singing grace, tomato, ketchup. It was very American, but it just, everything was imprinted in my mind and my body, my soul. And it was just so, it was just so real. And, and I'll be honest with you. I did feel like I belonged. That's the truth. And I felt like I belonged somewhere for the first time in my life because I was walking around and I saw black people just everywhere. And, and I just didn't have that feeling of this cloak of imposter and do I belong here even though I was born here. People look like me. They might not sound like me because I wasn't born there. But it just felt so good and comfortable. 
I cried the first time I left Jamaica. I cried on that plane. I cried some eye water. I cried so hard because in my heart, I was like, I, I felt accepted. I felt like I was just could exist without having to explain my blackness. It was so important as a young teenager coming up and, you know, trying to fit in and feel good about oneself, which is always difficult regardless of colour or anything. But just as a young woman trying to navigate, you know, the way you look, the way you feel, you know, that was just an amazing experience. And I want to lose that. And I felt that was so important. So you're right. And, you know, as you talk about Barbados, I've got uh, my sister-in-law, she married somebody from Barbados and they've built a house there. And I'm desperate to go and see that because I want to, I've got family who have, who've got links to Barbados and I just want to experience every bit of the Caribbean. Oh, I hope you get the opportunity that, you know, yeah. every island has their, their strap lines. So Jamaica is land of wood and water. Barbados is gem of the Caribbean Sea. And every island has got their, you know, the little strap line, their uniqueness as well. So yes. I've been to Jamaica twice, stayed in Montego Bay and in Ocherias. So let me know where you want to go to Barbados, tell you where you need to go. And um, yes. you know, hopefully you'll be in for a really nice time. So oh. thanks for that, Tonya. Yeah. But you live in Wolverhampton now, but have you always lived up there near Birmingham? I did move to London um, for a period of time. So when I trained as an actor, I, um, I decided to take the bold step of moving to the big city because I just felt that uh, the career that I was going into, that it was the, the opportunities were limited for me, if I stayed in the Midlands, and particularly Wolverhampton, even Birmingham would have still been a better choice. But particularly for being from Wolverhampton, it was just it just felt like there was no no gear change when it came to that 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 world and that career. And I was always ambitious from a, from from a young child. I just knew what I wanted, and I just was always thinking, while I have breath, I will keep stepping in the direction of what I want. If I don't get there before I die, at least I've been working towards it. So I chose to move to London. And I'm going to be honest with you, I absolutely loved it. I fitted in. It was very um, multicultural. There was a lot of things going on and fashion and just being free. There was lots of stuff that I just felt very connected. I was easy for me to fit in with the London. Really easy. And they used to laugh at me because I'm very friendly. And they, in London, everybody is like, I was lining up for the bus and people are looking because they're just walking past me. There was no lining up. I was like, uh -huh. so I was being all polite. People just barging past, doing what they're doing. It was really an eye opener for me because people, you know, kept their cards close to their chest. And then they'd see this crazy woman from the Midlands just when I'm going out, just dancing, dancing and, and like just bringing everybody closer to me. And, you know, and people are just like, this girl is mad, but I like her. I like her energy, you know, that feeling. I'd really make friends with those with the London girls that were quite that could appear fierce and cold, but then afterwards they're like, I like this girl. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I mean, I do think that you could fit in anywhere, to be honest. You drop you oh. on the moon and you'll be able to fit right in there. I mean, and it's it's a testament to your personality that you can just do that and you can just reinvent yourself and just be you and um you know grab attention as well so which brings us nicely on to the book so congratulations on the book 39 steps to Alti. 
tell us what inspired you write this book at this time? Well, I was 39. <laughs> and I always, at some point in my life, to write a book. I didn't know what about or why or when or how. I just knew at some point in my life I'd write a book. Um, and I wasn't sure exactly how that would manifest. I'm a big believer in allowing things to just to just drop into your into your body. I know it sounds airy fairy or um spiritual, you know, but I'm not going to apologize for it. You know what I mean? But you know, things just come to me at certain seasons in my life. And I turned 39 and I just felt that is such a milestone position to be in. It was a transitional phase for me. And I felt very proud of myself, if I'm going to be honest. I felt proud to have reached the, the age of 39. And I just thought I'm stepping up big woman-ness. <laughs> I just felt like the age 40 is for, that is like, if you say you're 40, you is a big woman. You can't say you're a child anymore. You are a big woman. That's how I felt, yeah? And then the title dropped into my mind. Just the title, 39 right. Steps to 40. That's how it came in my head. Came as a song. And it's, there's no singing in it. It just came. It just came. 39 Steps to 40. And I went, oh my goodness. And then I visualized 39 steps. There's a, a movie, the 39 steps. And I visualized the font of that. And I thought, you know what? Even though I'm not famous, even though I'm not old, I'm going to write my 39 steps leading up to me becoming 40. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to write it. I'm going to make sure it's ready when I turn 40. That is how I got inspired. I mean, fantastic. I mean, you see all the contents of your book is actually on the front page in your illustration. So where you talk about a time to write, 39 and count and dance and am I dreaming, decisions, 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 stay woke, family is everything, fearless, older and wiser, my spiritual truth and me reach at the top ah, there as well. Me reach! <laughs> Who designed your cover for you? So I was thinking hard about the cover and how I wanted it. I just knew a couple of things. I wanted it to be bold. I wanted it to reflect my personality. I needed it to be colourful. So no matter what. And then I wanted that little element of the 39 steps, that feeling of the, the, the font that I saw. But I didn't want the exact same thing. I just want that feeling. So the 39 big and go a little bit smaller. So I spoke to my cousin, James. He goes by the pen name Bod Art or Bod, Bod Machine. He's a graphic artist, he's a graphic designer. And I've seen his work. And even though it wasn't necessarily the kind of thought in my mind, he knows my personality. Let me just give him my flavor. So I gave him the flavor and I'm not in you. First draft of it, I was like, oh my goodness, because it was just bright and colorful. That's the first thing. And he said to me, because you are so colorful and bright, it has to be vibrant. And I said, brilliant, I'm going to work with him. I'm going to work with James to get this done. And then we just had a few tweaks here and then. I said to him, it's 39 steps to 40. I want some I want some me walking up the steps somehow and the steps representing the steps in the book. And, and literally, he's done exactly what I asked. It is a really brilliant cover. In what other ways did you mark your 40th birthday? So... I had a big 40th bash party. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things actually where you build up, you build up, you, you know, you really want this, you want, you want it to be brilliant. 
And then on the day, it was amazing. But on the day I was getting ready and the person who was going to take me, it was late. And I was just waiting and waiting. I was getting anxious and I was like, oh my gosh, sweating and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 14, I'm sweating and everything's going wrong. This is how I was feeling. But I got there and I'm telling you, we parted. And on that day, I recognised a little bit, I saw a little bit about who I was as a person because the people that turned out just made my heart swell. I was like, wow. And we just danced. I celebrated. My little sister, Tara, she did a surprise for me. So this was amazing. So then my sister said, oh, yeah, we're going to just take you away for the weekend just as sisters, just like to go for a spa and, you know, have a little wake in the way. I was like, oh, yeah. So when I got there now, opened the door and it was this lavish hotel, it was a lavish hotel, but it was a lavish room. And there was this big hot tub thing in the middle and there was, it was just lavish and gold. And I was like, eh-eh. Uh-uh. And there was champagne. I said, like, eh-eh. To my sister, what did you pick, man? This is nice. And then, surprise and then all my very my, you know when you have you've got a lot of people in your life but then you know when you have your your very yes, intimate person. close ones so I just started to cry I could not believe they pulled this off because I'm very nosy it's very hard to get past me I like to know everything honestly yeah. so it was awesome so I had a lovely weekend away in Liverpool at the Shankly Hotel wonderful wonderful sounds exciting yeah. but you are a very proud mother and glam mother, how do you balance work and home life? Great question, Pamela. And when I answer this question, I have to answer it for the time that I'm in right now, because there's been more, there's been times in my life when I've not balanced it well at all. And the time that, that I am, the season that I'm in right now, I balance this now with, I am careful about what I say yes to, what I was careful about what I say yes to. I think what happened is I've been really purposeful purposely choosing the things that I feel I deem that I want to do yeah and not trying to and leaving leaving space for great things to come so not filling up all the spaces just because I'm worried about money because I went through that phase I was like I gotta say yes to this I gotta do this I gotta do that because if I don't say yes to this because I'm self-employed what if I don't get another job and then it was like that so I became more purposeful and more thoughtful about what I'm saying yes to. But I will admit this thing. I will admit this, Pamela. When the pandemic and our industry, and I was quite nervous, a little bit nervous about how things would go. And then I started to get offered some work that would happen after the pandemic. So I was saying yes to everything. And then now after the pandemic has died down, I found myself in a similar position that I never wanted to be in before where I'm very overworked. So I know what has happened in terms of balancing it with work life, with, with home life. I try to make sure I organize holidays. It's very important. Quality time with my husband, quality time with the children, even if it's right, random. Everyone gets in the car, we're going to drive to London or we're going to drive to Wales or we're going to drive, just drive around an area and look at nice houses. <laughs> we used to do that, drive in this really nice posh area and just look at the houses like, wow, yeah, we can dream. We can get that house one day. You know, we do strange things like that, me and my family. So that's how I balance it. And also just, I think I keep bringing a lot of my things. When things get overwhelming, I bring it to God. 
and I just go back to the source and try to just take some time out in terms of centering myself and try my hardest in that way. I don't always get it right, Pamela. I don't. But I've become much better. How important is your faith? It's everything. It's everything because I am definitely not perfect, but that's why my faith is everything because I have a personal relationship and I don't get offended. People don't understand it. I don't get offended and I don't get offended if you don't want it. Yeah. All I know is that I have personal encounters that has kept me alive to this day. And my faith carries me to, I know it's going to sound weird, but to realms of creativity that I just, I'm just like, wow, really? Really? And I know that's a lot of the fuel and the beauty and the craziness that people will see in me is the um, the light from my faith. I'm a Christian. There's a song in Jamaica that they would sing. I think it's, um, I heard Junior Tucker sing it and it goes like this. The only Jesus that people see is the Jesus in you and me. So let your light shine. Let God be glorified. So I, I feel like that sometimes that people will see my faith shining through. So I just need to be a good, you know, I need to look about people and show love. The main ingredient is love. That's the thing. I ain't about judging anybody. It's not my place. And listen, people could judge me all day, all, long, all, all day, all night. So it's not my place. All I need to do is try to align myself and do what I can to kind of honor what I know is in terms of my truth. So it's very important to me. And I have been on a journey with, that's a whole book in itself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you cover parts of that in your, in your book as well. And, you know, growing up in the church and going Sunday school and um, having that faith. But I also believe that it's to tap into as well. That's where your creativity comes from because mine was switched off for years, you know, yes. uh, almost refusing it. But, you know, there comes a time when you tap into these things and all of these ideas are coming, character, oh. plots, storylines. It, it hasn't come from oh. me. It has to come from another source that's operating. And I've just learned to be obedient to that and switch off all the other noises that are happening around and to tune into what I'm supposed to be doing. So I can certainly, oh, you know, yes. relate to, you know, I would never have described myself as a creative person, but, you know, I've seen you, you are Tonia, the actress, writer, the director, the producer, I mean, so many different layers to your creativity. So tell us a bit more about your career then. And how did it, how did you get started in TV and yeah. film theatre? That's a good question. Thank you. You are amazing, Pamela. And just thank you. Thank you. Great, great questions. I just wanted to quickly touch, just touch back and then I'm going to come to this. Just in terms of quickly of my, of my faith as well there was a time when I kind of lost touch because I actually thought faith meant church. No, no. I, felt, I thought faith meant religion. No, no, no. The institutions that we, and the limitations that we put on ourselves actually can turn us away from the actual source. And when I started to recognize that, that's when things really opened. So that leads me on to how did I get involved in this, in my career? So just a quick whistle-stop tour. I wanted I knew I wanted to be an actress from the age of eight. I just want, I knew that I wanted to be a performer, let me say. And the type of performer from a meager age of eight 
it manif- it was more about acting. I could see it was a, as an actor rather than a singer or a dancer, even though I love to dance, you know, but rather than a singer or a dancer, it was acting. I could see there was a, something in that, that it was about storytelling and I love to tell stories. I love to tell stories. So even if somebody asks me a question, sometimes I go through a whole story to get to give them the answer because I'm storytelling and people tell me off for it sometimes. But anyway, so from the age of eight, I knew I wanted to be an actress. What I did, Pamela, is that because that seed was sown within me and I knew I wanted to be creative in some way, all through my school years, I did everything I could to be aligned with or to be connected with the arts or the creative creativity. And I could see that there wasn't really a proper pathway for someone like me to be able to say, right, I would like to be an actor. Oh yeah, so on careers day, oh yeah, could I go to the actor section? Nothing. And I found that really frustrating. So I kind of, I remember being at secondary school and protesting, get basically speaking to my English teacher saying, I need drama on the, uh, the, the drama wasn't on the curriculum. And I'm just like, hello, I need drama because I want to be an actor. And my English teacher said to me, Tonya, if you can get 10 people or more, we will put drama on as a GCSE. He thought he was just saying it flippantly. I went, I protested. I went out into um, all of my friends throughout the school. I was saying, asking lots of people to, to kind of sign up. In the end, I got eight people and my teacher couldn't believe it. He said, what? He said, you got, he said, I didn't, you know, he wasn't, he just saying it flippantly. And he put drama GCSE on the crimp. So, you know, that's how determined I was to do some sort of acting. And then fast forward to the career path I took, I went to college in Wolverhampton. And then from there, I um, at college, I won student of the year. So I just felt that kind of gave me a little bit of a boost to say, I'm doing a good thing here. People are recognising. And then I was entered for the student of the region. And then I moved to London and went to university. I decided I wanted to university first because I wanted to equip myself everything possible so that if that door closed, another door could open. And also I wanted to prove to myself it was very difficult. I didn't realise I had dyslexia, but um, I found out, I realised I had dyslexia when I was doing my degree because I used to think I was dumb, like not intelligent. And I realised I was highly intelligent, but I just I needed the tools to help me better because yeah. I used to love to read a dyslexic who loves to read, you know what I mean? I loved reading. In fact, that's that was my superpower, actually. Reading really set me free. Anyway, so moving forward, I went to uni, and then I went to drama school. All this is in London. And then from there, I managed to get an agent from a showcase that I did at drama school. Then moving forward now, you know, got very different agents. And I would say that my personality got me work even more than just the agency yes. so I would meet people and I would talk to them and I would say this is what I'm interested in in and they would be buying into my personality even before they'd even see me in a show so I would get work myself so that's a little bit of the journey of how I got in and now I'm working you know I'm working you know regularly within my industry and I look back at it I look at myself and wow 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 that what you've achieved is is a big deal to be able to work in the industry and be sustainable sustain it it's very precarious it's it's a big 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 deal i'm really proud of myself 
And, and we're proud of you too, Tonya. You know, when I read your bio, there was no way to shorten that down to um, 50 words. You know, just, just let it flow. Just run with what she's got. Because what would you begin to cut in someone who's had a really you know, thoroughbred of work behind you? There was no way that we could you know, cut that down. It would have been a disservice to you. But oh. I saw you on my television in an episode of Doctors. Um, ever so proud to see you on screen. I've still got it recorded now as well, because, you know, I'm chuffed to say, oh, I know, I know, Tonya. But how easy would you say, or has it become for Black actors? It's not easy. It's still not that easy, but it's easier. Right. I would say, if I was living in London, I believe it would easier still, a bit more, it would be more accessible. The doors are, are definitely open. The change is really, it's visible and it's its physical. It's really, really, really happening. But the change at the top is slow. It's slow coming. So to see our black faces on your screen, you're going to, you'll see a lot more of us and it's visible and it's, and you can see it. It's not enough, but it's still seen. It's still there. But the change that needs to come from the top is slow to come. And that's really where I'm, my focus is at the moment. I love acting. I will never, ever stop acting. It's part of my storytelling. It's part of my DNA. But it only serves a purpose if the roles and the writing that is out there is powerful enough to for me to be able to be fueled and to fuel and to bring life to stories that are just not geography or just other stories about us, about our life, about not just our life, just stories being creative that we can, you know, play the leads in or just play whatever in. So I'm really focused at this time in my life on that side of things and really pushing the boundaries, pushing, you know, smashing the glass ceiling and kicking down the concrete walls, you know, really, really doing that. And it's not an easy thing, but I've persevered and I'm happy to say that I am really close and there's some very exciting things to come. Lovely answer. But Tonya, tell us what that journey has been like in becoming a director. So being a director, I absolutely love. I love telling the stories. What I love about the directing is that I'm very visual. I don't know if you're like this, Pamela. I'm very visual. And I see pictures and I see things come to life. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, it's a black blank canvas. And now I need to bring the, I need to make this picture come to life. So directing just gave me this sense of pride in, it's a different type of working method, but it, it's like a, a painter painting, but I can't paint. I'm not a creative in that way. I can't paint or draw, but um, directing is like my painting. It's me being able to paint a picture and I absolutely love it. And the way I really started to get into that is, I just start, everything I do, it's funny because I just create the work myself. So I make this, I make up a project and then I just then do it to, to see if I can do it. So, you know, I always say to people, you're a director if you direct, you're a writer if you write, you're an actor if you act. But obviously to become a great director or a great writer or a great actor, then you've got to then develop that skill make what you do the skill that you have make it better and better and then you become an experienced actor an experienced writer an experienced director 
And then you become experts because you've been working and working, you trial and you error. And I say all of the little failings that I've done that, you know, I'm like, oh my God, that was just so horrible. All of those are just gold dust. It's gold dust because it allows me to learn and grow. I'm I'm very much a person. I like to learn from my mistakes. I like to really grow from it. It does hurt me, penetrates me to the point where I'm like, right, next time I'm going to learn from that. So and that's how I become great at what I do. If I if I'm great at something, that's how I become great, because I'm learning all the time and I'm still making mistakes. And then I'm like, brilliant. okay, let me take that and do better. Always. I always want to do better than myself. Of course, of course, nothing wrong with that, you know, the only person that you're in competition with is yourself. The only boundaries you need to break are the ones that you set for yourself. I heard Idris Elba is a fan of your work. You were all over Facebook with it. So tell us how all of that came about. Idris, what happened is actually, Pamela, is that I was being interviewed about my work, a bit like what you're doing now. It was live and what had happened is... At the time, people were sending in messages, comments um, about me. So as I was being interviewed, people were sending in comments and then asking questions. And (laughs) this is so funny. And then one of the people that asked the question came up as Idris Elba. So the person who was hosting, Alison, who was hosting, it was um, the house party queen. She read the question out and said, but but they didn't. They didn't mention Idris because they just thought, oh, it's, it's somebody who calls themselves Idris Elba, but it's not. They asked me the question, which was, I think, the, yes, a few questions, actually. But I think the one that stuck out was, do you write scripts? Because they're obviously talking about my acting and, the, and they was talking about my 39 Steps to 40 book and the Confidence Confidential that, I've been, that I did with um, Marcy Publishing House. And they was asking all these questions. And then he, he asked, you know, do you write scripts? And... I then answered yes, and I explained what I do and that I'm actually in a writer's room working on a TV pro project at the moment. I'm developing that skill, and I'm really excited to sustain all of this. And then it came back a while after, Idris came back to say, somebody said this, it was Idris Elba. And then I said, oh gosh, it's not the real Idris, obviously. And then he came back to say, yes, it is. It's really Idris. And he said, you are so inspirational. I can't remember the exact words now. I should remember because it was Idris, but I don't get uh, I don't get blinded by the I don't blinded by your face, by your face. <laughs> Idris Elba. He's gorgeous, isn't he? So Idris, he said something about you, you are very inspiring. Keep doing what you're doing, Tonya. You're something about you inspiring. And then sent another message to say, I'd love to be able to link up with you at some point. So that's how that Idris, Idris Elba story went. So it's a story I can tell my grandchildren. Who knows what's going to come of that? I'll leave that to God. If something happens, brilliant. And we'll watch this space, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice when things like that happen, isn't it? Idris has a copy of Loving the Brothers. And yes. I'm not sure whether he's read it yet, but it doesn't matter. The fact is, is that he's got it. It's in his orbit. Yeah. If he doesn't see it, somebody else will see it. And yeah. by the same token, you know, in conversations that he may have with other people uh, about you, you know, puts you in the room when decisions are being made about projects that people want to do next. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think that's a wonderful thing to have happened. He didn't have to say anything at all, did he? Okay, exactly. And the thing is, like I said, I 
didn't believe it really was him. And then he made it clear, it is me, it's me, Tonya. Um, and that was really lovely. And then the funny thing is I said, when I didn't realise it was him, or no, or I did realise it was him, I said to him, I said, if it really is Idris, you, I said, Idris, you do realise I've already been knocking on your door. I tried to get in contact with his production company. So I said, I've already been knocking on your door and it hasn't opened. So you better open Green Door, <laughs> the, green, the Green Door Productions. So I was like, have, I was being myself, basically. But um, uh, that, that, that was quite a funny moment. But you know what? I think everything happens for a reason. And because I am really stepping into the atmosphere of high-end TV, at the moment and working really carefully strategically to weave my way into that world and be a strong presence and a strong figurehead in that in that sense i think all these little moments are going to be together and then it's all going to be the the, the picture all going to become clear because god already showed me a, a vision of my life without me being big headed and i used to when, I, when she showed me this vision, I, I, I kept on saying to God, what are you talking about? You must be mad. That can't be me. And the picture is clear and I'm very, very scared of that image. But now I'm not so scared because I see little bits happening. I'm like, okay, God, fair enough. If you want to use me in that way, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're certainly in the season of, um, you know, of our young men dreaming dreams and our old men having visions and so on. So, and I'm not ashamed to say that I dream big dreams for myself as well. I'm on the red carpet somewhere. My family's with me. Um, There's lots of cameras. There's a premiere happening. And for some reason, the attention is on me. You know, I don't know whether it's loving the brothers, loving the sisters, loving the children. but Loving yourself. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we don't get these dreams for no reason. You know, yes. it's somewhere that we can, you know, look up to and aim to and work towards. I like the idea of weaving bits and pieces of your experience and your work together um, into a bigger into a bigger canvas that we can't actually quite see it all because we're so close to the detail. But when you step back, you can see the master plan coming together. Exactly, so I wish you exactly. all the success for your future um, endeavors. The next question I have to ask you is. What has been your proudest moment? Okay, so my proudest moment. Um, I, can I have two? <laughs> the first moment was actually seeing my words holding physical physical book written by me. All of those words in that physical book was blew my mind. It blew my mind. And for that moment when no one else was around, just me and that book, I shed a tear. Because I thought, I thought of that little girl who didn't know that this was possible. I thought of that little girl who thought she was not intelligent. I thought of that little girl who used to look in the mirror and not be beautiful. I'm telling you, I cried. And I was on my own. I just sat on my own, just held it. So that was one of the proudest moments. The other proud moment was having my book launched. And then just seeing the amount of that was enjoying this book. I had comments and comments and The thing is, the book, I wasn't, I didn't even have a proper marketing strategy for this book. I just wanted to write, I just wanted to birth it. And then the book sold itself because the title, 39 Steps to 40, people are buying this gift for their friends who are turning 40, for their sisters who are turning 40, for whoever is turning 40. And also people are attracted to the colourful cover 
people attracted and going, yeah, I, re- I, I, might, I might check this book out. So I believe it's one of those, it's going to be like a fine wine. And when I am at the premiere of a movie that I've directed or that I've starred in and people are going, oh yeah, Tony Daly Campbell, and they Google and they're like, she wrote a book 10 years ago. Let me find out what this book's about. It's going to be one of like those fine wines. So even though I will be an even better writer 10 years from now, that doesn't matter because that was her at 39, you know? So yeah, that, those are my two proudest moments. Yeah. Well, there's a few there. <laughs> Excellent. Tell us about your next book. Have you got on the back burner? So, yeah. So I've just finished performing in a play called Wanted. And it's about five phenomenal women, four that are from history and one that is fictional. And I was part of the the trio of female writers for that play. So I, I, I was part of the writing team. I also directed the show. So I was in it. I directed it and I was part of the writing. That was a really hard task, but I really enjoyed directing, directing it. I really loved that. I feel that I probably wouldn't do like directing and acting at the same time again, because that was really tough. And I would probably get somebody else to play a role and I wouldn't do that. It, it just, I, 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 you've got to know your limits. So I feel that I've done that and now I know I wouldn't, unless it was film because it's a different medium. But yes, yeah, so that project now, I did, I've just finished that. that that's now pre-recorded and that's streaming t- yesterday, today and tomorrow. So people can buy tickets for that um, up from the Arena Theatre. So that's a little plug. But the exciting news, Pamela, linked to this play is that the play is going to be published and we are go- this play is going to be available for university students, drama students at drama schools and colleges. I could try because I remember when I was at drama school, and at uni, and at college, actually, and at school, when we would put on plays and we would do plays and whatever, never any strong female characters, always little, it was never that for black women as well. So in Wanted, you've got all different, you've got an Asian, strong Asian character, Pulandevi. You've got a strong female black character, Olive Morris. from, And not, not many people know about Olive Morris. She's from Brixton in, in London and... And she died very young and she was a young activist. Absolutely amazing character. That you've got Irena Sendler, who, who's um, helped within the Holocaust. And then you've got James Barry, who was born Margaret, but she basically dressed as a man to, in order to be able to work as a doctor. Because in the 18, 1813, I think it was, you, you couldn't be a doctor if you was a female. So you've got these great female characters. Then you've got the young girl who's dual heritage. You've got Leona, Leone Lawrence, who is somebody, a fictional character, but she's based, she's based in, the, in this like 2020 time and looking at all these different kind of situations like being isolated and mental health, Black Lives Matter, all of these things that it's, it's, in, it's in there. And great characters now will be accessible for university students, drama school students, for college. Listen, I'm telling you, I cannot wait. So that is the next thing that is going to be happening. It's so exciting. So exciting. So I have to give you a round of applause for that because I too remember 
at school, the drama teacher had to buy, had to purchase scripts. You know, it wasn't as though these were available. You had to, you know, you had to order them and get them in. You know, it's important in terms of diversity in school colleges, at university, at all the levels, that there are these diverse scripts that are around. So that this is huge. This is huge, yeah. Tonya. Huge congratulations that these scripts will now be available. I take it um, UK-wide. Yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, hopefully if there's a, a market for it internationally, we will look into that as well. Yeah. But, um, Tonya, do you think there's another book in you? Yes. I definitely do. I know that I, the next time I write, I want to be at a stage where I have a holiday home. <laughs> Possibly it, it's somewhere, somewhere hot, Pamela. Yeah. And I take time out to really dedicate myself and dedicate my time to writing because the balancing act of writing alongside doing everything else, it really can take its toll. And I want to be better than the last time. As always, like I said to you, you've got to always be better and up the game. And there's some really exciting things happening in my life right now. So I don't know. This it, I was playing with the idea with the whole 49 and stepping up into 50. I was playing with the idea because it might just work. It might just work because so much is turning 40. So much has happened. And um, it gives me a bit of time to kind of like, think and savor and also collect collect the moments that I know would be fitting so there could be something in there for that but I definitely think there's there's, there's more books in me and um, I just need to play it right because it's, it's a big deal well you've heard it here first folks 40 um 49 steps, 49 to, 50. steps to 50 yeah. right and I like the idea of collecting your data as you go along collect collating your experiences I mean how will you do that will that be keeping a diary or journaling that's a really good idea and I've been wanting to journal and diary for a long time I used to do it when I was younger I had really great moments of it when I was going through a creative drought and it really helped me to kind of really refine and define exactly who I am and, and what, I, what I could achieve. So, and then you go through moments and then you put it down and then you, you know, it becomes a chore. So you don't do it anymore. And I think you've just inspired me, actually. I think that probably is the best way. Maybe because of my lifestyle at the moment, maybe it might be, I love buying diaries. I love buying notebooks. I just love it. I'll buy a pile of them and not use them. Cheese and peas. I just love the look of it. In fact, I saw on your Facebook once that you brought these beautiful African print printed ones. I was like, I need those. I need, so you need to hook me up with the link because I love those books. But what I'm thinking to do that you've inspired me, I think I will definitely start to journal and diarize things because dates are important actually. So I think I might do that, but also voice note things as I go along, voice note situations because that would help me because sometimes things come to me at random moments. So I need to voice note if I don't have my pen and paper. But I do like the old pen and paper as well. I like to get it down. It feels like it's out of my system. <laughs> yeah, oh, wonderful. Well, I look forward to nine steps to 50, which we know is, you know, at least eight um, years uh, ahead into the future. But Thank um, you for that. Yeah, it's a bit I mean, more, it's a bit less than that. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> that will be absolutely amazing. What books are you reading? I've just, in fact, I've just finished reading a wonderful young lady's book. Just finished, and 
It's by Chantel Hall Reed, Imani's Diary. Imani's Diary. When I tell you the vibrancy of that book, I absolutely devoured it. It's my type of book. But then I loved her style of writing for that. At the end of the book, it showed me how versatile she is. I'm going to be one of her biggest fans. I'm going to tell you, just like I was with your book, I absolutely loved your book. I My kids laughed at me because I was sitting in the hot tub on away on holiday and I just devoured it. I just I read it in two days, if that. And it was just, I loved it. It just got me. So I've just finished reading that book and I'm now reading a book by... Aurora, it's called Healing Letters. Aurea Reese, yes. Aurea, Aurea. So Aurea, I started to read Healing Letters, and that's quite deep. It's a different atmosphere. And so uh, what I want to do with that book is try and find the time to sit down and just read it rather than having to stop and start because I've been working, doing rehearsals, coming back, and I'm so tired. So but that's a book that I'm reading at the moment. I've also been reading a kind of like, different types of books just to kind of like inspire me yes and both of them have been um on the podcast guests of the podcast already yes so those episodes are available as well and it's nice that we're supporting each other and supporting authors from the same publisher as well you know Definitely that's amazing. That. so are you ready for the quick fire round i will try okay so here we go first thing that comes to your head jamaica or birmingham jamaica film or theater at the moment, film, but I love theatre. I love theatre. Travelling or staycation? Travelling. Cooking at home or eating? At the moment, eating out because I am sick of cooking. I cook all the time. Anyway, carry on. Acting or directing? At the moment, directing, but I love acting, as you know. But at the moment, directing. Reggae or soul? Reggae, but I love soul. <laughs> There's a pattern forming here. Singing or dancing? Dancing. Villain or hero? Hero. Your favourite suit? Ooh, Wonder Woman. No, Black Panther. Black Panther. Black Panther and Wonder Woman. <laughs> no problem. Your all-time favourite film? The Colour Purple. Everybody who knows me knows that. Alice Walker. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who are your favourite actors? I've got lots, but at the moment, I absolutely, I'm in love with Viola Davis. She's absolutely splendid. I also, I still love Judy Dench. I love Judy, you know, from back in the day. You know, I do love me a bit of Idris. Idris is, is doing well in my books at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that should be enough to keep going for now. But there's loads of great actors there, loads. And final question, who would play you or who would you like to play you in a movie? This is the this is, this is the question that I really I just answer. But I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm thinking they need to have a Midlands accent and I just can't think who has a Midlands accent, but let's say if it was in Hollywood, let's say if it was in Hollywood, I think we could have a mixture of Queen Latifah and Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. You get me? You, see, you can have that mixture if it, if it was done in America. Um, if it was done over here, I'm just trying to think. See, now this is actually a great question because, you know, this is what we, we need to have more. We need to be able to see our actresses, our black actresses in all their glory, know their names and everything, because, you know, that it's, it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, It's a hard question yeah. to answer. Who would play you? 
again, if it was Hollyfied, you know, so if it was yes. something coming from a Hollywood, I can see Angela Bassett. You know, she's just, you know, she's phenomenal. But again, like in the UK, I don't know, maybe Michaela Cole. Yeah, Michaela, Michaela's, Michaela's great. The thing is, it's about how would they, you know, the, the portraying of this of this character. Yeah, Michaela Cole's great though. She's a whirlwind of amazingness. It's just great. So yeah, there's look, yeah, there's a few, there's a few people, good friend who's in the industry called Sherelle Skeet. And she's doing really well in the industry. Um, and she's a good friend. She could definitely play me. <laughs> She could play my energy. She could. And, and she's amazing and she's doing great. So oh, yeah, Sherelle Skeet could play me. I'm sad to say that we've come to the end, but um, no doubt people will want to get in touch. Yes. So you can get in contact with me quite easily by typing in at Tony Daily Campbell for my Instagram, um, Tony Daily Campbell for Facebook, uh, Tony Daily Campbell for LinkedIn. And my Twitter is... I think you can get me at Tony Daily Campbell or I think it's at Daily TVD. So um, if people want to get hold of your book, you know, where, where is it? Or can they get a signed copy from you? So, yeah, if they wanted a signed copy, they would need to just holler on any of my social media or media handles. I have a selection of books that I sign and send out directly to people. But if they just wanted to buy a copy... Just go onto Amazon and type in 39 Steps to 50 by Tony Daly Campbell. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, Tony. I really wish you, you know, all the best in your production, uh, the live streaming. I hope that goes well for you. And for the scripts coming online for people to purchase, for schools to purchase, which is absolutely amazing. And I wish you all the best as you gather more data for your second as well. Looking forward to that. And thank you for taking part. Oh, thank you so much. I just could hug you, but we we can't hug right now. <laughs> but yes, we'll have to um, meet up for a drink when I'm in London. Yeah, I'll hold you to that. Thank you, Tonya. No problem. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Tonya. I certainly did. It is competition time now. And the question is... How old was Tonya when she visited Jamaica for the very first time? DM me on Instagram at lovingthebrothersauthor with the correct answer to win a copy of Tonya's book, 39 Steps to 14. See you soon and bye for now. Please join Pamela R. Haynes for another Author to Author podcast coming soon.